The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends and earn Unicorns through successful bets or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to week two of our North American LCS League of Legends Guest Alliance podcast. We are here to discuss everything that happened last week. Now that we've actually gotten some games under our belts, we're going to look forward to this upcoming week of play that has so many interesting matchups to go through. And of course, when I say we, I'm referring to my good friend and co-host, Walter Sietis Fedchuk. Walter! How you feeling, man? Feeling a little silly, but um, <laughs> was it the three Azir games that made you feel silly, or <laughs> what was it in particular? No, I'm uh, we'll get into it in a moment, but I know there's been some people on on the Twitters, on the YouTube comments, on the Reddits that have uh, felt kind of justified by a couple of teams going two and zero last week, and uh, it's a short, you know, it's long season. We've only seen two games, uh, two series, so um. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. That's all I have to say. We're going to reiterate the same thing we said on our last episode. If you guys listened to our European Guest the Lines episode yesterday, sample sizes, they're a thing. You should remember them. They're important. Uh, so we're not going to be the guys, if you're looking for someone to go off rails and just take the hottest of hot takes because they've seen two whole series of play, you're probably not at the right show. But, you know... We are going to take a look back at least very quickly and talk about the things that, you know, really got us excited and the things that really depressed us. Because that's really what every week is, right? It's the, it's the highs and lows, and, and we got to kind of sort it all out somehow. Walter, what was the greatest high for you when you looked at this week? Was it, was it FlyQuest high or was there another high? I'm, I'm going to say it was FlyQuest high. Um I, I know I was kind of critical of them, and this is not me, you know, trying to recoup karma with the FlyQuest fans. Um, some of y'all were jerks. I would have used a much stronger word. Um, I can only go off of what my feelings are, what my interpretations of things are. I never expected High to play this well. I never expected Moon to play as well as he did either. Mm. Um, but High was on a, another level. He was on a level I haven't seen in a long time and sure you can point to the challenger games where he was like on canon but on those he was pretty much just playing a super engaged champion and letting the rest of the team um make plays around him in these two series we saw he was doing the same thing he was playing primary something you know primarily something that allows him to engage and to go out of his way to make a play corky syndra etc but he was actually the one making the plays. he wasn't leaving the kills for the rest of his teammates to clean up he was really being the primary factor uh the primary you know kill guy he was really making these plays but also being the one that benefited from them 
Uh, laning phase was, was exceptionally strong as well. Um, I, I he really impressed me. I will be honest, he really impressed me. And this isn't me just saying it to be you know hop on the bandwagon. I don't know if this is something he can maintain for another eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he had a relatively easy schedule. Two of his games were against Alex each, which, yeah, if this was season three, that would have been one hell of a matchup. It's not season three. Uh, it's not. It, it really isn't. Alex each hasn't been a relevant uh, professional player in about two years. Ooh. So that, that takes a little bit away from it. Um, but he was he was a really good player this week, and I'm excited to see if he's able to maintain it uh, going forward. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it's hard to not make FlyQuest the uh, what surprised you in a good way part of the conversation because, I mean, look, I, I've been the guy who was on the Alltech bandwagon way back when he was on WinterFox, and I was proven wrong there, and I was proven wrong on NRG, and I was ready to write this guy off just mentally wasn't there, wasn't ready to perform on an LCS big stage like that. And I said the same kind of things about Moon. And to see both of them perform as well as they did and to play with the confidence that they did was very refreshing. It was a realization of some potential I thought that both of those players had that they hadn't reached in a while. And High was hitting a potential that we haven't seen him get to in a couple years now as far as being able to actually play uh, on a mechanical level, uh, he did play rather safe stuff. Uh, the quirky is not something that is, you know, hugely mechanically intensive, but <laughs> it worked out for what they were trying to do. Uh, there were a lot of things that didn't work out this week, Walter. What are what's, what of all the things that didn't work? Which is the one that's most alarming to you moving forward? Mm, I'm I'm gonna say it was the lack of regression on Spencerin throughout the entire weekend. Um, it seemed like ever since. You know, Cloud9 picked the Fizz. He made, tried to make a couple of ganks mid lane for Bjergsen, mm-hmm. um, and they didn't work out. And it just seemed the rest of the weekend he was very passive. Um, he didn't really want to try and make plays. I felt like he was out jungled, uh, especially in the early game. Now, now, he played excellent in the mid to late game. I thought the macro calling on TSM was fantastic. But mm-hmm. really, the, the early game was just a, a struggle for the most part. And. I'm just not quite sure what happened. It felt like his confidence was shaken. Um, you know, I, I get that. I get that you kind of got cheesed. Like picking Fizz. Fizz isn't necessarily a great champion in the um, in the meta right now, but it was an excellent pick to sort of dissuade TSM from what they're good at, and that's you know buddying up Bjergsen and buddying up Svenskeren and having them go and roaming around and taking advantage of uh, the opposing mid laner and getting a couple of kills. So disappointed in that, disappointed in the ways that TSM were really kind of outpicked and banned and that their strategy hasn't really changed. Uh, You don't have double lift anymore. You can't just win your lanes. You're never going to have that with Wild Turtle. And, you know, Haunters was playing against two exceptional top laners in Flame and Impact. You're not going to win all three of those lanes. And when Bjergsen doesn't win a lane, you're really, really in trouble. Your your overall macro game is not good enough to make up for that sort of deficit. They really did a poor job in controlling objectives. Um, overall, like I'm a TSM fan. Of course I'm going to be disappointed in TSM fan, but just the ways that they were losing games and the ways they were falling behind early was really disheartening. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I'm the first person to call you out, uh, and other TSM fans for the record. It's not just you who always likes to say that the world is on fire because you lost a series. Uh, but it's, it's, I mean, this is the problem with that TSM has. When you are an organization that has reached nothing but greatness, anything less than that is going to be frustrating. And it's hard to look at the meta that we're currently in and what Sven Skaren has done as a career and say, yeah, it makes sense that he doesn't have much of a presence in the first 15 minutes in an aggressive, snowball-y kind of jungler meta when you have things like Kha'Zix in play. It was weird. I think that's fair. I'm more worried if I'm, you know, just looking at North America as a whole in how CLG performed this week. I, you know, I thought they were a playoff team. I still think they, you know, should be a playoff team. But the only thing worse than being... You know, a team like Envious that was ahead 8,000 gold in two different games against CLG and managed to lose both of them might be to be the team that somehow almost lost twice to Envious when they weren't even playing with their starting mid laner. They had their mid laner playing jungler, and their jungler wasn't there because of visa issues. That was a horrendous series. And the one they had before that where they lost uh, 2 to, oh god, who, uh, it was uh, it was Liquid. That was an ugly series as well. This was the worst that CLG has looked in a while, and Darshan just looks dead in the water. I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm starting to ask the question, is this just the new Darshan now? Yeah. And I really hate this, because I'm a, I was a Team Dynamic fan back in the day, and I'm not ready to accept these things. But you know what I, I am ready to accept, Walter, uh, is the results of our smart money bets from last week. Uh, FlyQuest over Envious. We told you guys that was free money. That was free money. That was uh, free money. Unfortunately, uh, the other two bets, uh, because of all those TSM misfires that you just brought up, they did not get the two over Immortals. I'm an Immortals fan. You really should have. You really should have gotten that 2-0, but thus it is. And Dignitas yeah. plus 125 over Cloud9. Honestly, I feel pretty good about that. I, I like that bet, yeah. yeah. I feel very vindicated by how well Dignitas played uh, in both of their series. Yeah. Very winnable games for Dignitas, even though they ended up losing the series. So we are 1-2. and two. We're technically down $25. But, you know, if you look at it another way, we have a greater opportunity than we did last week to rise compared to where we have been. All we have, you know, now if we're in the black, we have made huge leaps and bounds from losing money. This oh, is yeah. great. This is yeah. uh this is how we have to we have to view these things, right? The the punches are gonna come and we're just gonna roll with them. Uh just like FlyQuest has been rolling so far, they're playing CLG, a team that's been nothing but speed bumps. So when uh, a movable object meets uh an unstoppable force, what do we what do we get here, Walter? Is this is this potentially one of the uglier series of the week? Um <sighs> See, I'm I'm not quite sure because I don't think Balls takes any advantage of of Darshan's sort of deficiencies. Um, Hui is too much of a powder keg for me to really say like as well as High has been playing, he's absolutely going to stop Hui. Like Hui has shown over the course of the last year or so that he has moments where he can have exceptional games, where mm -hmm. he can have some some massive highs, ha ha ha, and and some you know devastating lows, and it's just catching them at the right time. I think because it's early on in the season, it probably tips in highest favor, especially when he has been so surprising. Um, and the champions that he's been playing are are super effective for him. But they share a champion pool. Yeah. Like, 
Hai and Hui both kind of play the same champions here. And maybe Hai doesn't play like Relian Soul, but there is a ton of overlap here. So it's really going to be up to Zix and to Think Card to kind of weave their way in and out of the banning phase and make sure that they get, you know, decent matchups. Um, I don't necessarily think you have to take away High's Corky or anything. Like he's good at High, uh, he's good at Corky, he's good at Syndra, but not to the point where I think it truly deserves like respect bans yet. And you want to keep yourself open to a bunch of different matchup options uh, back and forth between them. I, I think that this series is really going to be decided in the jungle, which a lot of series were. Uh, a lot of games and series were decided by the jungle matchups in week one mm-hmm. and contracts. This is going to be a, a really good test for him. I think playing against six Smithy, we talked about how he played against, um, played against Ninja in the jungle. And then he played against Rainover. He performed pretty well against Rainover. Um, I was impressed with his ability to make plays and, and not be completely shut down. So mm-hmm. this is another good chance for him to show us that, uh, or moon, not contracts. Moon. I'm sorry. Moon is their jungle. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Cloud, cloud nine white and cloud nine blue, right? That's how this goes. That's that's what the internet's decided, which cannot be nice for people who uh, support FlyQuest or who invested all that money oh. in the FlyQuest yeah. brand. But Moon, Moon, I thought was fairly impressive, especially against Rainover. So this is another good test for him uh, because like Smithy is. He's considered one of you know top three or four junglers in North America. And if all of these young NA junglers, all of these rookies, all these you know one or two split guys can keep showing up, we're slowly turning from an 80-carry dominant region to a jungler dominant region. And I think maybe Europe could look at it and go, Maybe we can, you know, import one or two of these guys, maybe sometime, please. We'll, we'll see. I, I think it's a lot more likely that they start actually investing in guys like Lyra than they start importing some some North Americans <laughs> over. But, you know, I I really liked how Moon played this week. I, I agree with you. I thought he was a lot sharper. I think X Smithy's going to be uh, a very tough opponent in the same way that Rainover was. I think the difference for me, and this is where I get worried for fly uh, for CLG, I should say, I don't know who X Smithy's ganking for right now, because you can gank for Darshan, good luck. Uh, not sure he's going to be able to take advantage of it. You could gank for Huhi, good luck. That's a mixed bag right now, that, if that, I've ever that's seen what one. I would say. And yeah, and he right now is looking like the best guy on CLG, which is for, to gank for, which is not great because mm-hmm. Aphromu looks very uncomfortable in this support meta. And when he doesn't look comfortable, it shows in every aspect of his play. And these are things that we saw at the beginning of the summer split last year. It's why I'm not rushing to any conclusions about them as a whole. I think that last split they showed that they can have a rough early split and then bounce back. But this is not how they wanted to start, given that the whole point was to prove, no, no, we're a lot better off than we were last year. That's why we're running it all back. So, Walter, where does this put the line for you? So, I don't think that the casinos trust FlyQuest yet, as we learned last week with Envious being favored over them. So I'm going to say that it's CLG minus 150. Uh... Yeah, uh, first of all, screw you. I just want to point that out there. How dare you get this right, or get this very close to right. I said FlyQuest minus 130, because as much as Envious was down, like, FlyQuest is in first place in the league right now, and they went 4-1 and and clearly trounced everyone who came in front of them, and CLG looked bad. So shouldn't FlyQuest at least be favored a little bit? 
Apparently not. Unicorn agrees with you rather than me. They put it at CLG minus 164. Which means, uh, Walter, FlyQuest plus 125. Do we keep making money off of this? I mean, I'm going to until uh, <laughs> until it happens. I'd like to see the rest of the lines, but this seems like a very obvious, um, very obvious smart money bet. And and we have to we have to remember, folks at home, FlyQuest has not appeared in a betting tournament for Unicorns of Love. They don't necessarily they don't really do Challenger Series stuff because it's amateur. So in the algorithms, it's sort of like FlyQuest is starting out at you know 1,200 MMR or whatever Riot's you know ranked baseline MMR is. And then when you play your promotions, it goes up and down, you know. So if you've never played ranked on your so on your account on League of Legends, you're probably going to start in silver unless you go like ten and zero in your promotions. So we're starting with a very clean slate here for FlyQuest in terms of gambling. And as they win more games, as they lose more games, they're going to be rewarded, you know, exponentially. So as long as they're, you know underdogs against teams like this you need to take advantage of it so this looks like it'll be a smart money bet um i just want to see where you know the rest of the lines are because this is only our first game before i absolutely lock this in but this looks pretty good so far very fair let's keep it rolling then uh the other game on friday tsm versus dignitas this this could be a, a potential finals preview match should TSM get their stuff together. You loved this Dignitas team. You, you already talked about TSM earlier, so let's focus on Dignitas, just because no one wants to hear TSM fans whining about TSM after they lost a whole one series. So, Dignitas. Yeah. How hype are you, man? I'm, I'm very ecstatic at how well they played. I was talking with you yesterday before we recorded EU about, you know, the Lod play in the top lane where he outplayed... Uh, the smoothie Zyra and got a double kill. Like they're playing very, very well. Chaser is one of the few junglers that's being passive in like the very early stages of the game from like one to six and is still making plays. It's been very intelligent from him. Someday looks like a God next to the North American top laners that he's played against so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Lod and X and X special, X Special hasn't done anything that's been fantastic, but he reminds me of what Hakuo was last year. Just, be safe. Don't get caught out. Let Lod be the one that's primarily making the play and back him up. And he's been doing an exceptional job at that. He's been warding fairly well. His clearing has been a little hit or miss. Um, and then Keen. Keen, 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 Keen. Keen. He's the third or fourth carry on this team, which is what I said early on, that they don't need him to be the primary carry. And you're going to get moments where he's excellent. There were some times where he just had some excellent uh, TF ultimates. And you're going to have some moments where he's not necessarily good, where he's getting caught out. Mm. I think Dignitas are going to be at their best when they continue to allow Keen to be fluid. Let him play the champions he's good at, even if they aren't necessarily meta. You know, let him really excel at what he is good at, as opposed to try and pigeonhole him into what everyone else is playing. There's a reason that, like, he was playing Twisted Fate. There was a reason that he wasn't necessarily playing, you know, things like Orianna. His Cassiopeia was very good. Um, I'd like to actually see him on Rise. Uh, I think he could be very good at Rise. He did play a game uh, as Rise, actually, this weekend. Um, the Azir I wasn't in love with, but I still understand, you know, why they would go that way. Um, yeah, like keep allowing him to do what he wants to do and playing around it, but not to the point where you're drowning yourself. Like, don't try to get too cute, yeah. but let's not forget Gravity, Apex, 
they were always the ones to give Bjergsen himself trouble. And we've already seen Cloud9 sort of go to that train of thought by playing that Fizz. If you knock Bjergsen off of his game, TSM really doesn't have anyone else to pick up the slack. And Keen was the original anti-Bjergsen carry. Let's not forget that. He was the original guy to bait him into the Zeds and play Hecarims and play Urgots against him. So I'm excited for this matchup because I think Keen has something up his belt. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's definitely in play. I'm less high on Kian than you are, if only because I don't like the fact that, if you know, we just have to accept just by nature that he can't play the meta champions. I understand that there's uh, some value in the sense that he brings these pocket picks in, but if you talk about, you know, giving him fluid, uh, room to be fluid and before they start drowning in it. I think Azir is getting very close to that drowning line. I didn't like when I saw it from them. I didn't like it when I saw it from Cloud9 or from Team Liquid either, mind you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't, I didn't like that pick. I didn't really like a whole bunch of Twisted Fate either, to be quite frank. But, you know, you have to work with the pieces you have. And it seems like the one thing that we can say for sure about Dignitas, whether the success will continue or whether they're much like an apex or a gravity will maybe fall off as the year goes on, they do have a very good understanding of what their players are capable of. They seem to understand, like, look, someday's our main guy. He's going to be our main option. Keen can't play, you know, straight up meta versus meta mid laner. We're going to do something different with him. We're going to move around our resources so that, you know, Lo- you know, Lod's getting everything he needs. You know, Chaser is ganking the right places uh, to get, you know, those particular, you know, guys ahead. It seemed like the system is there. Uh, whether TSM has found a way to counter that system or not, I guess, is why they play the game. Walter... Where do you think this series ends up? I have TSM at minus 180. Okay. I think you get this one. Yes, you do. Because I said TSM minus 200, and it is TSM minus 156, which is a very respectful line for Dignitas. Where does that put it, Dig, then? Plus 120, which seems okay. That's fair. Yeah, it's a very fair line. I, I'm not sure I'm ready to go so far as to say that Dignitas is going to win this series against TSM. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, they came very close to, to beating Cloud9, but fell short in that particular series. Yeah. Like, they can compete. It will absolutely be a series. That's why I would suggest stay away. That, that's just me. We might come back to it. We might have too many <laughs> other games that I want to stay away from. Uh, let's move on to Saturday. Uh, the first series of the day, Immortals versus Cloud9. Walter, I have my thoughts on Immortals as someone who was watching them as a fan for the first time. But before yeah. I kind of go off and cry into a corner, how do you feel about Immortals having now seen them for a week of LCS action? If Ale can only play Morgana, this team is screwed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, that's all I have to say on it. I think that <laughs> Pobelter played fairly well. I think Flame and Dardock had some moments where I kind of put my forehead into my hand and went, why, why the hell are you doing that? They had some mechanical you know, misplays. Mm-hmm. Their macro didn't look very good. Um, I think this bot lane might be the worst in the LCS. Ooh. I, think, I think after week one, they're 10th. I think Keith and, um, Keith and Gate played a little bit better, but I was not impressed with Cody Sun. And if Ole can only play Morgana, this, this team is really, really screwed. I uh, I will respectfully disagree and also just straight up disagree with that opinion. I like I look. I did, did I think Ali was great? 
no. I everything about him and his Morgana, I agree a hundred percent. I thought his Morgana was okay. There were a couple. He had a couple good arrow stops with the black shield. Had a couple bad misses too. It was it was a wash. Mm-hmm. He was he was I think the weakest support in North America. But I don't think that Cody's son was anywhere near as bad as Keith was this week. Like Cody's son was had a very good Varus game. He was, you know, not getting caught out in lane. He was very much keeping even or even having a slight CS lead in a lot of those matchups. He he was fine. I don't think he was bad in the same way that I felt like Keith was bad and doing literally no damage in some of these fights. We didn't have that well, problem with Cody's that's son. Fair. That's he was fair. he was much more helping the team get to their win condition than a guy like Keith or even Apollo was this week. Now, that said, I think everything you said about the macro game is true. I'm going to have nightmares about how sloppy that macro game was. And I know people would love to say, like, well, you know, flame overextended because the communication isn't great and, you know, whatever. I've been a CJ Antis fan long enough. Flame overextends is kind of the end of that sense. It's just a thing that he does and you just accept that it's inherent in his kit and just who he is as a player. And yeah, you it's... work around it. And Dardock. I don't know if he's going to be the guy to, to bring out the most of that. There was, there was one great moment that the internet got very harsh on him for, for, for no reason, at least when I was going back over the VODs, the whole, you know, haha, I carried you in that game when they ended up uh, wit, uh, closing out their series against, I believe it was Echo Fox. Yeah, I think yes. it was game three where, where he made that kind of joke. Now, that's the kind of joke that I would make to you all the time. You know, if we got out of a podcast, I would totally make a haha, carried you on that episode. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, because it's Dardock, everyone's like, oh man, what a jerk. What a, you know, what a terrible teammate, whatever. We're going to have to deal with those stories for a while now. Um, Pobelter was surprisingly not great. I'm just throwing that out there. Just didn't he's, look good. He is me. mediocre. Yeah, he is definitely mediocre. Yeah. You, uh, you really shouldn't need that much of a, of a lead to beat up on a frog in the way, <laughs> given the, how Froggen's playing right now. None of this is good. Um... Is there anything that you see in Immortals that could talk me off the ledge? Can you give me some sign of optimism here? Uh, Okay, what's the line this week? (laughs) (laughs) I have Cloud9 at minus 300. Okay, you get this one as well. Um, I said Cloud9 minus 240. You're just a little bit closer. It's minus 279. So, this is uh, Immortals plus 200. If, if I thought that Flame could speak English with the rest of the team, I would consider it. But everything that I've heard reported says that he's not there yet, and that's kind of a problem. A little bit. That's fair. That, that's truly fair. Um, I, I just want to touch back on the, the Keith versus Cody, or the Keith versus Cody Sun yeah, thing. Please. Keith didn't do a whole lot in team fights. I will agree with that. But he at least had the confidence to try and make plays with his ultimates, with his Ash Alts and his Varus ultimates in lane mm-hmm. that I didn't see from Cody Sun. Cody Sun was definitely better in the team fight aspect of it, but the laning aspect of it is really where I have a lot of questions from him because he's going to be playing against a lot better 80 carries than Keith and Wild Turtle. Yeah. So I was that, that say. was kind of more where I'm looking at the laning phase is really, really scaring me for Immortals. The- so I just want that yeah have it the fact that we even have to have this conversation is probably the worst death sentence that we could have possibly thrown at immortals <laughs> like look guys maybe he's not as good as like maybe he's better than keith guys let's at least have that conversation oh, i think god where bioshock I, I think biofrost were worse 
I think they, those were those were more deadly. It was. Uh, it, I, let's say suboptimal. Let's uh, <laughs> let's say that. Uh, let's go. Phoenix One versus Envious, the series that nobody has been waiting for all week. Uh, I mean, I, I guess. Do we do we know if we're gonna see? Uh, yes, he's, he's, he's back. He's landing on Friday. Okay. So that, they aren't going to get any practice time with him, but he's landing on Friday. So if that means that they're going to do Ninja and Alex each again, or if they're just going to go right to Lyra. Yeah, Ninja uh, and Lyra, and we just assume that he only speaks with half of the team? Ladies and gentlemen, you're 2017 envious! Let's get hype! I'm all in. Is I made a joke! <laughs> I think Ninja's a swap to jungle! He looked okay! He, was, like, yeah. he looked better than he was a mid laner. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I, I, I mean... Was there anything that you saw from Envious that makes you feel like they're not the worst team? Like, is, was there any, any Arkle sign? somehow makes his 80 carries look good? <laughs> Apollo looked good. That was the weirdest thing ever. Like, I, I talked the entire offseason. Oh, Lot is the rich man's Apollo or whatever. Like, Lot is better than Apollo. They're both the same style. And Apollo looked good. Like, I don't know if it's Hakuo. I don't know if it's the boys in blue jerseys. Like, I don't know what it is. But Apollo looked decent. Um... Other than that, I got to see the corpse of Alex each trotted out on a stage again. Way to just keep digging the knife in my back. It <laughs> makes me sad to watch him play. He had a couple of good plays on Corky. Like, I'm not going to be like he was awful, but again, he just does not look like he belongs on that stage at all. And it really, it, it actually hurts my heart to watch him play and um, I just wish he would just stream. I Be a sub... But be a sub for a team that doesn't need you to ever sub. Please, Alex. Please. Yeah, I mean, he. I understand why he did it. Uh, it was very nice of him to to, to go off and, and be that guy. He, he should not be a substitute player and has a contract. It's, like, it's not. Have any, it's, you can't be like, I don't want to play. Like, Yeah, it's not ideal. I don't, I don't know why he agreed to this. I don't know what he still thinks he has to prove in Season 7. The guy's a guaranteed Hall of Famer. I really, I don't like this. The same way I don't uh, like seeing Michael Jordan in a Wizards jersey. It was wrong. It was bad. And when we when we eventually put him in the Hall of Fame, we're going to pretend it didn't happen. That's just how this goes. Those are the only Jordan games I remember. Oh God, (laughs) I Wizards jersey. That yeah, there are some Bulls fans right now who just shed a tear for you, my friend. Where, I was uh, five years old in '96. What do you want from me? To watch ESPN Classic. That's what I want from you, Walter. That's part of my cable package. Oh well, then you know ESPN really needs to to figure that out for themselves. Then let's uh let's look at let's, I guess where's the line then? Do we uh Phoenix one envious? Where do you put this? I have Phoenix one at minus two fifty. Okay, you get this. I'm down 0 to 4 right now, just for the record. This is not a good look on you, just so you know. I understand. I told Walter going into this that I was going to lose, and then he's like, look, Chase, mine weren't that great. I was like, heh, yeah, about that. Uh, the I said Phoenix won minus 400. I think Envious is garbage. I think Envious is really bad. Even the parts that you just said, at least Apollo looked all right. Like, this is, this is the same thing. Like, if I have to talk myself into Apollo being the bright spot on my team, I've lost the argument. Like, that's and just... Phoenix 1 was the... Eight. The reasoning I did this is because Phoenix 1 was the 8th place team, and despite the fact they made changes, that is where the algorithm starts them at. Is okay. This was where they were at the end of last split, so I'm playing the casino here. I'm not even playing you. We're, we're, we're playing different games here, I, Yeah, I, I'm playing the exact wrong game. It's uh, Envious plus 175, by the way, for those interested at home. I... 
I'm gonna put it this way. Phoenix One was minus 333 favorites over Echo Fox last week. I think that Envious looked worse than Echo Fox last week. Wait, what was the Phoenix One odd? Uh, minus 333 last week against- uh, No, no, I mean this week. Oh, this week it's uh, minus 238. Oh, okay. Yeah. So somehow they're saying that Envious is 100 points better than Echo Fox. Is basically... Oh, don't worry. I'll take advantage of that game when that happens. Oh, boy, we will. So let's uh, let's move forward. Uh, TSM versus Team Liquid, which we've been surprisingly quiet about, which, you know, I know there are a lot of Team Liquid fans who are thinking to themselves, we're 31 minutes into this podcast, and they haven't even mentioned that, you know, we went 3-2 and two and our only loss was to a, a very good team and uh, in, uh, what this FlyQuest team has now become. I guess that's the argument you tell yourself. If you're a Liquid fan, where do you stand on Liquid? Are you on the, you know, things are looking good for them in this new split side? Or are you in the, maybe we should take a step back before we start getting too excited side? I'm in the, maybe we should take a step back because Picklet is uh, one of the worst laning AD carries in the league. Was Uh, not great. It was, it was pretty awful. He is in the bottom half in every one of the laning categories. Um, His XP differential, he is, that's his highest and he is... At one, every one, other one of his stati- his stats are negatives. Um, he's down towards the bottom. He's just above Keith in CS per minute. He is playing lane atrociously. Um, I don't know whether that is something that needs to be attributed to Matt, and maybe Matt isn't playing as well as they were, mm. um, but he's only looked good on Twitch. Yeah. And to be fair, they played well at I Am Young E. I Am doesn't matter. Shut up, Chase. I don't care. <laughs> Golden Glue isn't playing as well, but we now have a pretty solid sample size that Piglet is not the guy he once was. And it's only in very specific situations where he's proven that he can do anything remotely to that. And guys, Twitch and Vayne are not part of the meta. And you can try and force them as much as you want, but Ash and Varus are just more useful right now. Even Jin is more useful. Like, Twitch is the fourth out of those kind of guys. I'd rather see him on Caitlyn's. Like, Caitlyn is more useful to me than Twitch as a whole. He's trying to cheese people into this sort of duelist pick, and it's semi-successful, but it's just not what's good. Like, mm-hmm. you'd rather have Ash and Varus for wave clear when you're playing something like Fiora in the top lane. I think Lorlo's been their best player. I think he's been better than Rainover. Okay. And I, I just... I haven't seen anything that makes me feel like they are going to be anything more than the fifth or sixth best team in North America. That's why I put them in the predictions. Like, there's nothing that makes me feel better about this team, but they haven't done anything that necessarily makes me feel worse. Right. I think in you know two weeks when Golden Glue is playing you know middling level, we might say, okay, let's see Link. Um, but I, I feel entirely justified not to like Piglet. I haven't seen anything out of him that truly is like, yes, he deserves to be on this team. This is this is totally the, the you know gambler's fallacy of we have to keep, we have to stay with him. Like we spent so much money on him, like we got to get it back somehow. I, yeah. I he doesn't stream. He's not a personality that you're getting a ton of sponsorship stuff out of. Like I just don't see the point of him anymore. It's 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 so weird, right? Because you look at what he's done. You know how long he's just been here, right? And how little English he's actually learned compared to players who are brand new and now doing full interviews in English in order to better work with their teammates and interact with the media here. At some point, right, we, we just have to understand that being an AD carry and being a team member is more than just 
being mechanically good. I understand that Piglet's going to have some mechanically good games from time to time. His Twitch was a great example of it. But if I'm going to criticize Keen and say it is a bad sign when you cannot win when you're playing meta picks because it means that you're having to do something suboptimally in order to get the most out of your, you know, out of what you want from the position, then you got to do the same for Piglet, right? Because he's not, when he's playing the optimal things, he is losing lane. He is losing lane and he is less helpful towards pushing the team towards their win condition than the 80 carries is going up against. And if the meta switches to a place where his mechanics are going to be able to shine, sure, he's going to have some great numbers, he'll have some good games. But I think you're right. I think the the two guys that are going to determine how far this team goes are Lorlo and, and Rainover. And I think Lorlo in particular did look very good. If you want to make a, a case that this is going to be a team that, like Dignitas, is just going to play through their top lane and Piglet is just your keen style where he's like the second or third, maybe fourth option, depending on the composition, that maybe you can do it. But that would also need... Either Piglet or Golden Glue is going to have to step up he's, and be that third guy. He's tied for second in assists. So he is helping his team, but he has the lowest kills. He has the most deaths. His damage per minute is at the bottom with key. His yeah. damage percentage is, you know, bottom half. This isn't the guy that he, like, this isn't the guy anymore. He's a suboptimal, mediocre AD carry that's taking up a, an import slot. I just, I don't understand why Team Liquid is being so stubborn with him. And granted, small sample size, five games, they did win a series with him. I, I'm i just not seeing it, guys. You aren't convincing me after a week that he deserves to be on this roster. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll just put it this way. You look at the guys on the in the LCS right now. You know, you look at which AD carry did the most to the least of, you know, helping their team reach their win condition. Just being that member of the team pushing things forward and fulfilling his role. I think Piglet's down towards the bottom of that list right now. And that's a shame. 28% of uh, 29% of Team Liquid's deaths. That is not 29%. good. 29%. That's really not good. Remember this is that's oh god. 29. Let's uh what's the line, Walter? Can you are you going to go own, are you going to blank me here? Let's see. <laughs> I have TSM at minus 200. Okay, I get this one. Thank ah. God. Ah, that would have been so bad. I would have been kicked off. If I if someone goes 0-10, does that mean they get kicked off the podcast and replaced with an actual expert? Is that how this goes? Never happened before. We know an actual esports team <laughs> besides us. Yeah, us. Uh, there we go. Um, <laughs> I, Chase, you've been kicked off the podcast. We're going to bring in my good friend, Wace Chaucer. <laughs> he's going to take over the rest of the podcast. He uh, might have to if the Falcons lose in the Super Bowl. I'm he's just the blue shirt king. Yes. <laughs> um, I. By the way, the line, I had minus 180. It is minus 156 for TSM. Uh, it is Team Liquid plus 120, which I think is okay. It's fine. Um, I, I think that maybe TSM is being punished harder for last week than Liquid is being punished for last week, which given the strength of schedule, I'm not so convinced should be the case. But here we are, right? I mean, if, if you're Liquid, you say that hey, just like TSM, we lost to a team that's currently tied for first place, but at least we won a map. So here we are. Um, okay. Yeah. I get, let's, just, let's just move on. Um, the next game, if I can pull up the right sheet, uh, Dignitas versus Echo Fox. I, I, I think we said everything we need to say about Dignitas. 
Is there anything left to say about Echo Fox other than they're the team that we've been pointing to as, see, like, compare them to this bad team. This has been our comparison focal point so far. What, what about what about Echo Fox stands out to you in their own identity? Holy crap, Acadian. Yeah, right? I feel bad for ever doubting him. Uh, <laughs> oh, holy <man>. crap. <laughs> He's leading the league of kills. Um, yeah, wow. Uh, that was a, an exceptional, uh, exceptional first week out of him. Uh, the fact that they took Immortals to three games uh, was was pretty cool. The series against Phoenix 1, they had really good like early games. Mm-hmm. Um, really took, especially in game two, really took, um, or... Yeah, in game two, they took advantage of Ryu and got Froggen a bit of a lead. Um, I think that's a good core. I think Looper and Froggen and uh, and Acadian are a good core. I think Gate has been a, an excellent addition. Their their late game shot calling has been pretty good. Um, it's just other teams are slightly better, and their eighty carries are better, and their eighty carries are more useful and actually do you know damage in team fights. You know, we're talking about. Uh, we're just talking about damage numbers from from Piglet, and he's basically only just barely above uh, above Keith. Keith is dealing four hundred and two damage a minute. He's dealing twenty percent of his team's total damage. And those are it's, long games, too, by the way. This is not like Echo Fox has just been burning through, so the stats are artificially lowered. Like yeah, f- fourth highest uh, game time at forty and a half, forty point six oh, minutes. Oh God, that's not even the longest. Longest games are Immortals, it's 46 minutes, almost 47 minutes apiece. Yeah, that didn't make me feel bad. Um, <laughs> he only has 40, like, his kill participation is 46%. It's just, at some point, at some point, if you're dragging a dead body along with you on your way across the Oregon Trail, some point you gotta stop and bury him. Yes. And I hate to say it, but I think we've reached that moment with Keith, where I know you like him, Rick, some point you gotta let him go. And um, I think they should be looking around for some other AD carry options. Bring in a sub, bring in something, because Keith is just not cutting it, dude. These are bad numbers. These are very bad numbers. Let him stream. Let him meme. Team him up with Nintendo. We can do it. Toucan and the dude. We can make it like a radio show every week. I would tune in. I would totally tune in. That sounds a thousand percent better than what we have Keith doing now. And a better use of his skill set, too, for the record. Oh man, I uh, I I love Acadian for the record. I think he's great. I I just loved the you know same thing. I loved when Dardock first hit the scene. No fear, no worry about like oh, but I gotta make sure my KDA numbers. No, he just went for the play. He played with you know he played the way that a guy who believes he belongs there should play, and that's the exact kind of hunger and ferocity you want from a new jungler. I you know Keith wasn't great. I thought Gate has the same mechanical issues that he's always had, and I thought Looper looked a little lost, too. I think that gets better. I think that part gets better. I'm not sure about the rest of it. I'm certainly not sure how I feel about them going up against uh, a Dignitas team that impressed us last week. Uh, Where did you put the line, Walter? Dignitas minus 400. Okay. You got it exactly right. So congratulations. I said Dignitas minus 340. I got a little bit too fancy there. I was thinking it was going to be one of those minus 333s, and I should have just, you know, gone with the logical. It is minus 400, uh, which puts Echo Fox at plus 275. Very, very fair line. Yeah. This is, would, this is where that should be. Uh, let's go to Sunday. Phoenix yeah. 1 versus Liquid. This is, I think, an interesting matchup just because of how close they are. 
on the standings. They are right now the two teams tied for third at three and two at overall mm-hmm. game score. Um, obviously, week one standings don't mean anything, uh, but at the same time, it does feel like uh, these early wins are going to be the kind of thing that come back to haunt you later on. Uh, if you don't grab them when you're trying to force your way into the playoffs. And both of these teams were around that. Are they going to sneak in or are they going to find themselves outside, depending on which top 10 list you were looking at? Walter, what's the difference maker for you in this series? Ryu versus Golden Glue. Don't even have to think about it. Ryu versus Golden Glue. I think Ryu is a much better uh, mid laner than Golden Glue. I think he's shown that he's the same player he was on on H2K. Um I think that they brought that sort of H2K style to Phoenix One as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think that um, Nori's been trying a little too hard for me. He's been pressing um, really. He's been making a lot of mistakes because I feel like he's trying to do too much. He's trying to be Yankos. Um, and Zig is still a minus to me. But when they get to the macro game, they're excellent. When they get into that, you know, mid to late game, they've been on fire, and I don't know who's shot calling. It's probably Adrian, yeah. um, but they've been exceptional, and they've just been getting through their laning phases. And once they get through their laning phases and get into the, you know, the five v fives, the four v fours, three v twos, you know, whatever, they might be one of the best macro teams, not underneath the Cloud Nine banner. So I was very impressed with Phoenix One. I feel very good about having them as sort of a sleeper, kind of dark horse, maybe championship contender. Uh, at the end of the split. So Ryu versus Golden Glue, that is uh, that is my match to watch in this game. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, I, I think if you're, you're looking at Phoenix 1, you have to love just how quickly some of these pieces came together. You know, Adrian and Ryu, you know, we knew that both of those guys are veteran presences who have experienced shot calling in the past. You know, getting them to kind of merge their ideologies in a way, I, I think, has been one of the reasons why laning has maybe been a little bit more rough, but also why their macro game has been so on point, because they are really intelligent players who have yeah. enough experience to understand what it is they need to do. Uh, I love your point about Inori. Uh, if Acadian looked like a guy who knew he deserved to be there, Inori looked like a guy who really wanted people to think that he looked like he deserved to be there. Uh, just trying to force those plays and then coming up just a little bit short from time yeah. to time. I'm very interested in how uh, Lorlo matches up against Zig because that's going to be the pressure point that Liquid tries to put on him. That's clearly where uh, Liquid's greatest strengths have come so far. Mm-hmm. And I'm very interested to see if uh, they're able to try to you know push Zig down far enough uh, in the way that Dignitas was when they got Someday going to uh, turn things around in that end. Where do you think the line ends up, Walter? I have Team Liquid at minus 150. Okay. Uh, you get this one, and with it, the week. Congratulations. I already won the week. You already won. No, this was actually the first time, because at one and five, I could have technically oh, yeah, you tied you back. There are still yeah. four games left. But now you have it. Congratulations. Um, I said, you only beat me by 10 points here. I said Liquid minus 140. It's Liquid minus 200. That's Phoenix 1 at plus 150, and I really like that bet. Just, just throwing that out there. I, uh, uh, yeah. Come back to it. I, I, I really like that bet. That's awesome. That's Thank you. Bet. Thank you, casinos, for not uh, adjusting your algorithms to make up for the fact that players uh, aren't necessarily on the same teams this year. I, I'm going to take advantage of it as a gambler. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I, look, you want to give us free money? We'll keep taking it. That's how this whole value game yeah, works. Uh, Echo Fox versus FlyQuest, a team we don't have a lot of positive things to say versus a team we had a lot of positive things to say. Walter, where did you put the line? Uh, I have FlyQuest at minus 333. Okay. I get this one. What? And it's... So here's the yeah. See, you've seen my line before, so you know how weird this is. I said FlyQuest minus three twenty. Seemed like a, you know a fair place to go. FlyQuest minus two thirty eight. I would like to point out we could get FlyQuest plus one thirty five to two zero Echo Fox here. Plus one thirty five. Bringing it up. Well, we'll we'll sit on that for now. What uh, was what's Echo Fox? Plus one seventy five. Yeah. I don't understand why the line's that low either, but we already talked about FlyQuest and why the lines are going to be weird for them for a while and why you should absolutely take advantage of them. So I don't think we need to go too much further into that. Totally agree. Envious versus Immortals, another series that we don't need to get too much further into, if only because I don't, I, I want to see some good things from Immortals before I start talking about them too much. And uh, Envious is a good place to start. If you want some positive things to turn around how things are feeling right now, uh, yep. playing Envious might be the jolt you're looking for. Uh, where did you put this line, Walter? Immortals minus 350. Okay. See, now, of course, when it's over, I start making some points back. I got this one. I said it was... Uh, wait, you said minus 350? Minus 350. Oh, I apologize. You win this one. I oh, okay. I totally know how to maths. Um, I, I said uh, minus 400. It's minus 370. My bad. <laughs> oh, man. Thank no, you. no. Envy is bad. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. That's very, very envy true. Envy is bad. Oh, man. I, I hope we get to see Lyra. It's the only thing that might make that series watchable. Um, Maybe by Sunday, but I I don't know if you really want to bring somebody in with no practice. I know teams have done it in the past, but, like, Ninja look, didn't look awful. A, I, a jungler in a very important meta for junglers to know what's going on? Eh, throw them in day one. What could go... Actually, for, you know what? For Envious, really, what's the worst that could happen? They already went 0-4 this week. Like, it can't get that much worse putting Lyra in than That's... losing every game possible. Um, <laughs> but while well, that game's going on, I think you and I and pretty much everybody are going to be watching Cloud9 versus CLG. This is the last big matchup of the week. Yeah. So much on the line for CLG, just in terms of, you know, given how last week went, you know, having to play the two teams that are currently in first place. Not exactly what they probably were hoping for. Um, and meanwhile, Cloud9, this is a chance to really separate themselves from the pack and show that they are absolutely worthy of all of the uh, attention that people have been giving them. Walter, where do you stand on this series? And, and Cloud9 even in general, because we basically focused on Immortals earlier. I'm kind of curious, do you, do you feel good about... Where you had Cloud9 before, I've kind of changed your mind on some things. I, I, the only thing I've changed my mind on is that I'm not worried about contracts. Contracts came out. He played like a boss. Um, I don't know who is deciding to make the plays. I'm going to give it to him just because they were so aggressive. And it just seems like it, it, should be in a, like it should be the jungler that's making all those decisions that he makes in the early game. Mm -hmm. I stand by everything else that I've said about this team. And... A lot of people took this the wrong way. You said, well, they're the second best team in North America. And it comes to this point of you've been privately and sort of on here of my idea of what teams should be striving for. And I'm, I'm going to go on a tangent here just briefly, not actually talking about the series, but talking about what is the goal? 
So we've now had a full week of professional League of Legends from all five major regions. We've seen LPL, we've seen LCK, we've seen LMS, we've seen North America, and we've seen Europe. Mm-hmm. And the consensus among everyone that has watched, you know, multiple leagues has been Korea looks amazing. Mm-hmm. The top five teams in Korea look fantastic. KT is amazing. SKT is amazing. Longju is pretty good. Samson's excellent. Africa's pretty good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They look to be entirely in a different class than the other regions. And I've watched mainly highlights of the LPL and LCK, and I haven't touched LMS because nothing has been interesting to me in LMS so far. Sorry, I'm not saying that as a, like, ha-ha, LMS sucks. I'm just saying... Walter, I'm a Taiwan fan. You didn't miss anything in the LMS yet. And I watched Europe. really didn't. (laughs) And I've watched Europe, and I've watched North America. And where my comments come from about me thinking Cloud9 has hit their ceiling are, are you guys just okay with winning North America? This is a team that made it to the quarterfinals of Worlds and got absolutely demolished by Samsung. Yes. By the second best team in the world at the end of it all. The last time North American teams made it into the quarter, quarterfinals, we got absolutely smashed and shellacked by Samsung White and Samsung Blue. Granted, we both teams, Cloud9 and TSM, won a game. Woohoo! Woohoo! We have not had a, a North American team place anything farther than the quarterfinals, and no North American team has forced a best of five series in the quarterfinals. Unless you're going all the way back to season one, where we had the fourth place team and the third place team, if I'm remembering correctly, and that was. Uh, uh, Team Solo Mid and Epic Gamer. Yes. And no one wants to count Season 1 because there were no actual Asian teams. So <laughs> we've never had a team make it to the semifinals. Europe has done it a few times and they've looked pretty good in those moments. And as a North American fan, I need to, we need to all decide, do we care about Worlds? Do we care about placings at Worlds? Because I do. That is the big tournament. That's the big prize at the end of the year. And when I say I don't think Cloud9 has improved, I am looking at if they were going to Worlds, is this a team that I think would be successful at Worlds? Mm-hmm. And the answer is no. I don't see it yet. I will admit, if we're looking at the North American Championship, I agree. They are a solid team. They maintained all the pieces. They got them second place. They improved in the jungle position. That should make them a forerunner to be the North American champion. Totally agree with that. Uh, that's not what I was trying to get at, and I explained it poorly. But... If you're looking at the world stage, I stand by every single one of my points. And if as fans of North America, of as Cloud9, of League of Legends, we are okay with just judging North American and European teams by whether they can win in their own region, that is fine. Then we need to stop this sort of comparison that any North American team can beat a Korean team, that Worlds actually matters. If we're only going to be focusing on whether they can win North America... Yes, I'll agree. They stand a very good shot, and after seeing how well contracts performed in week one, I would agree that they are the favorite right now. But looking at this team and trying to think if maybe they were going to play on the world stage against three of the teams that were in Korea, they don't stand a chance, folks. And unless something dramatic happens in the next eight weeks, I don't think my thoughts on that are going to change. And this is one of those things that I think a lot of people kind of have a hard time differentiating between. You have to understand that 
when you're a team that's been as good as Cloud9 has been, as consistently as they have been good, you're in a completely different discussion. The reason that TSM and TSM fans take every loss so hard is because they know that they, as an organization, have every tool capable to them to be the kind of team that should be dominant within a region. Because it's not just good enough to be the best team in you know a region like North America. You have to be so much the best team in the region that you can make other teams better, so you get better practice partners, so you can kind of compete with these other regions like Korea when the big stage comes together. And Cloud9 has had the same core of guys now for a couple years without worlds necessarily coming together for them in that way. Now, obviously, though, the one big thing, and this is where I do differ from you a bit, I think that Impact was a big change between what we saw in Season 5 Cloud9 and Season 6 Cloud9. Mm -hmm. So I'm not quite ready to say that this version of Five Guys has hit their peak yet. But do I believe that their peak is good enough to get out of the group stage at Worlds? Yeah. Are they that much better than the Cloud9 team we saw last year? Yeah. Better. Better. Yes. That much better? Not convinced yet. Good enough to win a series like that? Not convinced yet. And Cloud9 fans, that's what you should be demanding of your organization, by the way. This whole being good enough to beat up on teams like Envious, that's not the bragging rights for an organization that has been as good and as prominent as you guys have been. Dream bigger, guys. The sky's the limit. You don't have to, you know... Let's uh let's maybe look at how we evaluate these things when we're uh, when we have these kind of conversations cuz then we could actually, you know, go somewhere interesting with them <laughs> rather than some of the uh, fun comments that we've gotten over the last couple of weeks. Uh Walter, now that we've uh we've unleashed that into our comment section, where do you think the line is for this game? Uh Cloud9 minus 200. Okay, you get this one. Oh, uh, baby. Yeah, there you go. I said uh minus 175. It's minus 238. Seems fair. That's CLG plus 175. If you really like CLG, go for it. But I think uh, I think we're okay. I think it's safe to say, Walter, we're going to take FlyQuest plus 125 over CLG. Uh, yes, I would agree. I would agree with that one. Is it safe that we should take Phoenix One plus 150 over Team Liquid? I would say that one's a pretty safe one too. Okay, so here are the the three that I'm seeing that kind of bounce off the table to me. Uh, we could take Phoenix One. Plus 140 to 2-0 uh, Envious this week. And we don't know if Lyra is playing, and we know Phoenix 1 is good, and we're pretty sure Envious isn't. Mm-hmm. Plus 140 for a 2-0. That's option 1. Option right. 2, FlyQuest plus 135 to 2-0 Echo Fox. Again, we don't think Echo Fox is any good. There is no Lyra that could come in and somehow screw this bet over for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and we know the FlyQuest seems to, to be good. Um, the third option... If we were going to go for it, we could throw in a reverse jinx for you guys uh, to get, take Tim Liquid over TSM at plus 120. Those are the only three bets that really attract me in any way. And actually, no, if you're going to take that, you'd rather take Dignitas plus 120 over TSM. The, the one thing I will say, are we confident in CLG going 0-2 this week? Um... Do, do we truly think that that is the case? It's in play. I, I think, I, I mean, unless CLG really takes a step forward from last week, I think that will be the case. I, I don't, would say... I, I don't like CLG against Cloud9, if that's what you're trying to talk about. I would, I would probably say FlyQuest 2-0-ing. Uh, Echo Fox would be my bet then. Okay. Plus 135. 
Yeah. FlyQuest plus 135 to 2-0 Echo Fox. That sounds, uh, that sounds good to me. Um, and that way, either we win and we get to look really smart or we lose. And two weeks ago, you get to look really smart. So that's our podcast today, guys. We've, uh, we found a way to be winners no matter what. Hopefully you guys feel like winners, uh, for listening to this show. If you do, uh, you should definitely follow us on social media. I'm at RedshirtKing on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? I, I think I'm the real winner this week going 2-0. and You guys can see me brag about it at C80s underscore LOL. Yeah, you absolutely can. And you know what? You need to hold on to that because you don't have a football team to root for in a couple of weeks. So it's good for you to hold on to these things, Walter, while they're still here. I uh, We're going to be back next week. Obviously, we're going to recap uh, week two for both Europe and North America. I would love to, uh, you know, we're going to try to see if we can uh, talk to a, a couple people we've been working with behind the scenes. We'll see if any of these things come together. You, of course, can find out all of our stuff uh, if you could subscribe on our YouTube channel or if you just follow the podcast at Rough Drafts Pod all of the podcast news plus any live tweeting that we do if we are around for some of these lcs games will be on there so thank you guys so much for listening and until next time bye internet hey there c80s here thanks for checking out the podcast and if you enjoyed today's episode consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash rough drafts pod For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show, or eight bucks a month, gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com backslash eSportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.